Again, um, we are located at uh, 6080 South Hewland Boulevard right here in the heart of Fort Worth, Texas. So if y'all in the neighborhood, you in the DFW area, stop by Paladine Cigar Bar and could grab you a, uh, a cigar too. You know what I mean? Come sit in, smoke with us. So I got a special guest in the building with me today. Um, so let me let me uh, get my little backstory. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I went to the uh, the improv on, what day was that? Wednesday? Wednesday Thursday. or Thursday? I went to the improv on Thursday, and they were having a show there. And it was this, this young lady that was on stage, and just her stage presence, and she was like um, just – interacting with the crowd and i was like it's something about her like she she got something yeah she got something i'm like you know what i need to have her on you know what i mean so introducing ladies and gentlemen miss personality hey how it do what you do what you got going zone kill that kill that kill that yeah Wait kill that i don't really do clear liquor, so <laughs> clear that. don't tell me to kill it yeah you have to put me out of here nah <laughs> What's going on? I am happy to be here. Now, he did say if you're in the DFW area, come through. What he meant to say is if you're in the FW area, because D is a little far from the FW. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I understand. Dallas people don't come to Fort Worth. No, And Fort Worth people don't really go to Dallas. That is a a road trip. Is it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It almost takes the same time it takes to get to Shreveport. Goodness gracious. So, um, I appreciate you for having me out, though. And you know you're special because... I appreciate it. There's been a few folks trying to get me in Fort Worth for the last couple months, and I'm like, yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you for coming, man. Already. I I appreciate it. So, I kind of want to just, you know, get your background. Where where are you from? Where are you originally from? I am originally from Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe, Louisiana. And I say Monroe because y'all probably ain't going to know when I say Sterlington where that's at, but some people are more familiar with Monroe, but Sterlington is a little more country. Okay, so you're a we country We hunt and girl. kill our own food out there. That's that's how country I am. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, how you got any brothers and sisters? or? Well, this is my sister who is accompanying me. Okay. Also, my Uber, my security, she's, she's oh, okay. all in. Okay, she's all in. Okay. Don't start none, won't be none. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I have a younger, I have two younger siblings, a sister and a brother. Okay. Now, are you the only one that's doing comedy? Um, Like, professionally, sure, but I got a family of comedians. Really? Oh, yeah, we all do this. <laughs> your, your mom or dad funny? Everybody, it's genetics, it's genetics. It's, <laughs> I can tell, do. I can tell you, like, naturally got that gift of, you know what I mean, and I'm going to make you smile. Yeah, and you comfortable in your skin. I am. That's good, that's good. <laughs> Now, how how long you been doing comedy? Uh, three years now. Really? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Okay. Don't be looking at me stuck on my sucker. You just do your questions and Listen, let me enjoy my sucker. Trust me. <laughs> trust trust me. I've been married only a year, but um, I've been I've been with my wife for like four years. What total. took you so long? Well, it's a long story. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, but it, my wife been my like I've been knowing my wife 
damn near 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I used to live in L.A., so. Okay. So she know. was in a situation at first, and you had to wait. We both was, was in, in a situation. situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had to get my life together. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I had to, hey, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to you for that. Get your stuff together you before you saying? go trying to put something with some. Get it together yeah. first. And I knew I wasn't ready for her when when it, when I really was ready for her. Oh, you know what I'm saying? See, right. Did y'all hear that? Take notes. If you're sitting by your phone or your, your radio right now, take notes don't try to get with somebody if you ain't ready financially spiritually mentally just sit down for a second all that yeah all that and so you only been doing it three years mm-hmm. okay and then what made you like say you know what i'm about to get on stage because mo- you know what i heard that the most people are more scared to speak in public than they are to do any other thing that's one of like the biggest fears of getting on stage or being in front of people talking what made well, you say, I'm getting on stage? Clearly, I have no problem with speaking in public. Okay. okay. <laughs> and that is a big uh, plus for anybody that's going to be into entertainment, especially getting on stage on a mic and being yourself in front of a room full of strangers. You definitely can't have no shy nature about Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, and, and you might have some people out there that's not really that open, but when they get on stage, they can do that. Yeah. So shout out to them. But um. I, I'm a comedy fan. Like, I've never, like, just grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a comedian or nothing like that. I, I was a comedy fan just sitting on the couch watching comedy growing up. Okay. Or I supported a lot of the local comics um, going to their shows and stuff. And I kept seeing these little uh, We Got Next mm, uh, up-and-coming, yes, yeah. up-and-coming comics. And I'm like, I'm funnier than that. Right. <laughs> I think I can do that. And so right. I just asked him um, one night when I was, uh, we he finished one of his shows. I was like, so how you how you do that? Who is he? Q. Oh, okay, Q. Okay. And he was like, just sign up and, you know, everybody's signing up. So, of course, we pick. And if you get picked, you know, have you some funny? Are you a comedian? No, I'm not. I just... I just want to try. So, <laughs> okay. And most comedians that try their hand in being a stand-up comedian as a career, they've hit open mics. They've, you know, kind of practiced before stepping on stage. But my first time on stage was in a competition. Really? With Q. Uh, we got next. And I did I, I did all right. I did all okay. right. Okay. So I was like, well, shit, you mean to tell me I can I can get paid for doing this? People pay to come see me do this? Okay, Absolutely. well, let, let me try it out a little bit. Absolutely. And it comes with its uh, ups and downs or whatever because, of course, you got the ones who are, like, pursuing uh, comedy and right. they, they want to make it to the next level and all that. And I was a housewife. Like, I mm. came to every and any event that was out there, comedians, spoken word, music artists, just supporting DFW. Okay. Because I had the time to do it. I was yeah. a housewife. Right. <laughs> and um, and and that's quite expensive, supporting. Yes, it is. <laughs> Especially it is. when you're supporting everybody. Because I literally was buying merchandise and your book and your CD and your shirts and your hoodies. Like, in, really? anybody that has come in contact with me, they'll say, yes, yeah, she support. Because I, I was doing that. That's what's up. Um, and then, yeah, I probably could claim that on my taxes. If that was a, a tax credit, I could probably claim that on my taxes. So um, <laughs> I just, I had a poet friend. You might be familiar with him. He has recently, uh, recently deceased, Rage Almighty. Um, oh, rage. I spoken rage. word artist. Uh, he passed away last month. Sorry Very hard uh, loss for the community, DFW community, and really worldwide because he traveled uh, with his, 
with his spoken word. And um, you can find him on YouTube. I will always shout him out because he was one of the first people to tell me that, you know, we appreciate you supporting you everywhere. You supporting everybody. Because when I walked in a room, a lot of time people was like, so what do you do? Nothing. Nothing. Like, I'm a housewife. (laughs) (laughs) Because people were seeing me everywhere. He was one of the first people to tell me, like, every time I'm with you, you funny, you support, you, like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, the Mm. stories that you have, like, get out of the audience of everybody else's life and get on the stage of your own. Mm. And I was like, yo. That's deep. Yes. I was like, I I might have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And so okay. he encouraged me to, like, just get on a stage. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go work no nine to five. So right. what can I do to make some money where I can still be me? Mm. And comedy, comedy, was, was, comedy it. was it. Okay. So. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Who's your favorite comic right now? Who do you, who do you watch? Locally like? or just? Just period. Locally. It can okay, be so. Locally, and this brother is making moves and waves in every stage he hit. He is killing it, but he is a local comedian from Dallas, Texas, uh, Black Ron. Okay, yeah, Black Ron. And he was he was there Thursday, yeah. uh, showing love, supporting. He hit the stage too, actually. Yeah. Um, and I love that dude. Like he is hilarious. Like he can stand up there with the best of them, and it don't matter what room you put him in. You can put him in with some college students. You can put him in front of the good Caucasian crowd. Yeah. You can put him in the hood, you know, wherever you put him at, he's naturally funny. Like he don't have to, and he does write and he write for other people. Like, uh, one of his accolades is writing for the wild and out. Mm, okay. So he, he's funny, but like just, he, he's naturally yeah. funny. And I, I love that. But you know, my favorite comedians before black run, um, I would have to say Martin Lawrence, Eddie Griffin, Cat Williams, okay. DC Curry is ignorant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I, I hate when people ask that question because it's almost like they're expecting you to say the the Eddie Murphys. No, and no. Listen, Red my, Fox and my favorite, my favorite comedian is Miss Personality. <laughs> She like fourth. <laughs> I take that. I take that. No, my favorite comedian. Something most people probably never even heard. Right? It's this dude named Delay. Like Delay. Delay, yeah. funny mm-hmm. as hell. Mm-hmm. Mike Epps is probably one of my like bigger known ones that everybody like. Oh, okay, I know who that is. For the He's funny, a- or is he entertaining? Mike Epps. I like he, you. You hold your stomach laughing at Mike Epps. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You don't think so? He's so very listen, entertaining. He's listen, very my, entertaining. Because my, my first time even going ever to a comedy show, mm-hmm. I went and seen Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. and then I seen Mike Epps, okay. right? And then from that point on, I was like, yeah, Mike is fucking funny. Yeah. I like I like the people that can go off the cuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? The most people that just they have write, the right jokes and mm-hmm. deliver them, like, that's cool. That's, that's talent. But the people who are off the cuff naturally. Right. Those are my favorites. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, he, he's he's definitely entertaining. I yeah. missed that show yeah. because the one I went to. <laughs> it wasn't. Listen, we all have bad nights. Yes, you know we do. Saying? Yes, we, we do. And nights. as a comedian, I can I can testify to that. So I won't I can I will never tell another comedian they ain't funny. And I hate when people ask me about another comedian mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily laugh. Yeah. I can't say that they're not funny because somebody laughs yeah. at them for them to pursue that that um career but 
it's it's not for me to say that another comedian is not funny because yeah. just because I didn't do it for you don't mean I didn't do it for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So. Now, how how did you get to to Dallas? I want to kind of back up a little bit. How did you get on to, a bus? No. Really? <laughs> like damn, you really country. <laughs> how did you get to Dallas? From I got to Dallas because my grandma was like, "Oh, you out there living in Dallas? Like you ain't got no kids at my house? Come get your babies." That's how I got to Dallas. Uh, <laughs> so what? What you mean? What? How did that break that down for me? So my mama came first. Okay. Trying to maybe get herself together. Might have been running from some blah, blah, blah. She okay. came out here and once she got herself together, I guess she wanted to get herself together and then live a little bit. But my mm. granny was like, nah, nah, nah. Mm. You got yourself together. You got a place to stay. You're living good. You're paying your bills. Come get your babies. <laughs> oh, okay. So you was out here with grandma first. I was in Louisiana with granny. Oh, And my okay. mama was in Texas. So oh, okay. She was okay. like, come, come get your babies. You out there in the big city life. Yeah. Come get your babies. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Have you been able to um, get on the road and do comedy? I have been offered several opportunities to do so, and I have traveled as far as I can drive because I have a very... Uh, final destination fear of planes. Really? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a slight chance of survival in a car versus in a plane. Okay. Um, <laughs> but my goal is to get past that next year. As you know, the opportunities you know more accidents coming. happen in cars than they yeah, do in Yeah, I, I keep hearing that. But they like do. I said, the chance of survival seems like it's it's more likely in a car. Really? <laughs> Might get in a fender bender or hit and run or something. But I, I'm walking away. A plane, and don't, it just don't seem as likely. To, um, I mean, yeah, but the, the, the likelihood of it's going down is very slim. Hmm. You ain't, you just up there ever. You know what I mean? By yourself. And I don't see me getting on a plane without them kicking me off from panicking because from what I hear, you can't get on a plane intoxicated. No, you can. No, they say you got to wait till you get on the plane to get now. I need my nerves to be settled before I get on the plane. Go to the little bars, have you a little drink, Mm -hmm. calm your nerves. Because when I get on there, I would like to just pass out and wake me up when we get there. You know what I do when I get on a plane? If like I stay up all night. Mm Mm-hmm. And then once I get to the plane, I'm just tired. Yeah. And I just fall asleep. Well, we'll see. Next year, I'm going to try that. I'll be, I'll be, we be landing. Because right, I've been having some people shoot at me. Hey, we want to fly you out and we want to, we want to, we want to. So I'm going to have to do something. Or I'm just going to forever be one of them DFW. No. Oh, yeah, we know her. No. So. You need to, the other people in other states need to see your talent. That's what YouTube is for. No. <laughs> <laughs> People would like to people like to interact in person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Go out there and like in and for I know what in the South too. Like uh-huh. in the South, comedy is big. You know what I mean. So you can hit like the smaller clubs, mm-hmm. get paid. You know what I mean. Have you a nice little the living? Smaller clubs be scary though. They do. I've been in a couple clubs. I had to hide under the table until the coast was clear. Wait, so. what? <laughs> what? What happened? Fight break out in that mug and everybody oh, throwing shit. chairs and stuff. And I'm hiding under the table because I don't do that old fighting and getting trampled and stampeded on. No. I ain't, dress, I ain't dressed up to come what out here What club was this? I refuse to mention any. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we ain't going to throw nobody under the bus. Okay. But. I pay very close attention to those kind of environments when I walk into a building. 
I like to spot out the exits and mm-hmm. where's the, you know, the nearest door and the emergency. And let me see if some break out and I can't get to the door. Where can I squeeze into? Because okay. I'm not the one that want to be holding the camera, catching it and stuff. Unless I can catch it from where I'm hiding. Hey, it'll be on the news from somebody else's camera because mm, okay. I'm trying to hide. I got okay. kids to get back home okay. too. So. <laughs> now, as a... As a as a female comedian, oh, right? Lord. <laughs> what we say? Oh, because I know most women don't like to be considered female. No, comedians. I don't. I don't mind being considered a female com- uh, comedian. I just know it's a lot of stigmas that come with being a female comedian because like it is a male dominating industry. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a music artist or a modeling or whatever, it's, uh-huh. it's male dominating world that we live in. So. True um, even if like in modeling, you would think mo- more women do modeling and still a man somewhere that you got to answer to or they <laughs> get you in the door that's behind the camera or something. Yeah, so yeah. It, it definitely already come with its stigmas. And then you have those ones like when I first started doing comedy, even now still, when I talk about sex, it's not, I don't want you sitting in the audience imagining how good I suck dick. And, and it's a lot of females that feel like that is the way to grab the audience attention about mm-hmm. talking about how deep your throat is and mm-hmm. how you ride it and all that. And I'm not one of those because believe it or not, whether you talk about it or not, they're going to already be thinking it. So right. I don't want to put that out there that you can come and approach me when I get off stage about Hey, so right. when can I check out those dick sucking skills? Right. Let me be the judge of how you do it. And it's so many females that do that. And every time you think of like one of the professional females or one of the mainstream females, Monique, some more, all them, that's when they, they started, that's, that's what, what they, they were talking about, sucking dick. <laughs> so yeah. I, I talk about some dick, but we're going to talk about whether you're circumcised or not. Do you do you wipe the head of it off every time you pee? And, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I, don't, I forgot to ask, can we cuss? But I'm assuming we can. Yeah, Okay, shit. okay, my Go bad. Ahead. I, I yeah, know how many, church, how many church members on here uh, that's, listening, that's, losing their religion and stuff. No, because I always feel like with women comedians, they, like, I, I got a bunch of women com- comedian homegirls, right? Mm-hmm. And... They, they tell me stuff that I never even thought about. Like, when they get flown out to do a show, it's just them. And sometimes they don't, the promoter is, is on some bullshit where he don't want to pay them. They in this city that they don't know nobody. And I'm like, damn, I never even thought, like, I never even thought about it as being a man. And I don't know if that's a male or female because there's a lot of men that deal with janky promoters too. Yeah, like, but as a woman. feel like they're doing you a favor by putting you on a lineup or. right flying you out or what but i think for women it's more of um i'm doing you a favor so what you gonna do for me kind of Mm. kind of thing and i've never seen men have to do more than what they're there for yeah to get in the door as much as i see women like you want to shoot your shot just because you're giving me an opportunity or right and it don't marry if i'm married single bisexual or what you just want to see where you can go right with the females and men don't have to do that right right and that's why i asked as a as a female comedian do you do you have anybody that's that you can go to to like ask certain questions about you traveling or what comedian or what promoters to deal with and now if it's somebody that just hit me up like say somebody hit me up on facebook saying hey i i've been watching you or i heard about you i was referred to you first of all who referred you Mm -hmm. because obviously I would have to have a relationship with them or have had some kind of association with them. So then I can go to them and be like, say, who's this person you referred to me? So you can tell me a little bit about them and I can get a feel for them. But, um, 
I'm really like, cause I don't off the stage. I don't really associate with, with nobody. Food. Like, cause I literally, when I get on the stage, that's as much association as I have with really? anybody. So I don't, I don't have those. And then me being very new in it, cause and and it's been some females that I ask like, so how is the scene or you know something like that. But as far as me calling any of them, getting advice, cause a lot of them I look at and I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. So yeah. it's not one. If I'm going to get some advice, it's going to be from one of my friends that I've had before I even got into comedy. I might call my sister or I might talk to my husband or something, but I don't need no advice about how to be dominating in this industry because literally comedy is fun for me. It ain't nothing right. that I would die for or sacrifice for. You know, I know <clears throat> it comes with effort and work and time and stuff, but I'm going to give it. A, it's, it's it's a priority. Right. It's on a list of right. priorities. It don't come before the important stuff. So, right. and right. some people I hear is like, well, if I sacrifice raising my kids later on, I can do this and do this for them. No, no, because by the end, they don't want nothing to do with you <laughs> right. and stuff like that. Like money can't buy that. So mm -hmm. it don't matter how big you get because now the world, you popular to the world, but your kids hate you or your kids don't know you. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it don't mean that much to me. I love it. I enjoy it. It makes me feel good to make other people feel good, but it's not no live and die type kind of thing. Of I breathe, eat, and sleep comedy at all. Okay. Because I literally, I get more laughs at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. What? I see when you, when I seen you on stage, right, for the for the audience who listening, yo, you went up, did a set, mm -hmm. right, and then you had on a Walmart outfit. Right. I had on my Walmart gear because I I real in real life work at Walmart. <laughs> now, what made you go on stage in the Walmart outfit? I refuse to speak on grounds that might incriminate me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what I said on stage was why I had on the Walmart gear. But then you came back. You came back and you changed it and you had on a nice dress. And yeah, it was like, because oh, I, had, okay. I had been called in by the end. But I... <laughs> So you, was, no wonder them lines be long at Walmart. <laughs> Where the cashier is at? Yeah, hey, exactly. She went on lunch and we ain't seen her yet. We ain't, she ain't came back from lunch yet. <laughs> okay. Called in and say, hey, I ain't going to make it back. Mm -hmm. Some came up. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, you know, um, I always ask this about, and this, this is what I see, right, for people from the South, right? Right. They never go by their real name. Now, you go by Miss Personality. Mm -hmm. What what's your real name? Or do you want to give your Rikita. Real name? Rikita? Yeah. Why you don't why you don't go by Rikita? Um, because for one, like I said, if if comedy was like if that was something that I was trying to I wanna be the next big I wanna be the next Tiffany Haddish or something like that, uh -huh. then I probably would eventually get to a point where, hey, Rikita Williams, Kyle's, whatever, because that's what you're putting on the check. Right. But locally, just for people to get to know me and be familiar with me, like every time I've met somebody, even before I got on stage, they was like, boy, you got a personality there. Yes. And I've heard that my whole life. So I was like, well, uh, and he was like, what's your stage name? Okay, Miss Personality, because like I <laughs> yeah. never did comedy ever, so I don't have a stage name. But if you I just need to make up, up something, it. like I got quite the goddamn personality. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. And it's well, funny when I tell people, they like, well, what's your stage name? How can I look you up? And I say Miss Personality. They be like, yep, yep, I, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got a, like, a, like, you got a presence about you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a real, you could tell you got the talent 
But I think majority of what comedians don't understand, it's a likability, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a likability first, and then everything else. If you funny and blah blah blah, right. but you got a you got a great spirit, you got a good personality, and I seen that on stage. I was like. Yeah, I need to. I need. I want to talk to her. I want to hear her story. Right. You know what I mean? Oh Lord, you, you how much time you got? We got all the time <laughs> in the world. Hey, Go do ahead. you got? Do you got? Uh, you got plugs where you can reach out to Ayana or whatever her name. Ayana Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> you need to fix your life. I need to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and she needs to have Jesus on speed dial. <laughs> Promise, somebody gonna need to fix her life when she finishes talking to me. I'm just saying. Ayana, we need you. Yeah. Holla Hashtag. Holla at Miss Personality. If, if anybody know Ayana Van Zandt or anybody connected with her and they hear this, hit up Miss Personality. She want to get on the show. Right, because I went to her like webpage to see how to contact her and stuff. Uh-huh. And, baby, you got to go through some hoops and fire and loops to get to her. I yeah. was like, hell, by the time I reach her, hell, my story going to be over. So now, what, would you go, some... what would you go on there and talk about? What, what, what would need to be fixed? My life. That's what she does, so? right? Well, just you know, everybody got a story. Everybody got a story. Right. And it's funny that when most people meet me or get to know me, they like, you know, you real cool down to earth and um approachable and you got personality and all that, but um they have no idea of my background. And for the people that do know my background, they like, I it's it's hard to believe that you came from a background like that and you have such a lively personality because most people in that situation would probably be bitter or on drugs. Like or, what? Explain. I mean Well, I have a foundation. Okay. What's, and my foundation is um hashtag you could talk to me. Okay. Which that may be in the works of changing because I've been trying to, you know, do websites and purchase the name and all that. And it's kind of already out there a little bit. Okay. Um, so, um, but for right now, um, I have a group on Facebook, hashtag you could talk to me. And it's a sexual abuse uh, foundation for um, sexual abuse victims and their mates. Mm. And um, in particular, their mates, because we know sexual abuse victims have um, a lot of resources uh-huh. that we didn't have long ago so Mm -hmm. they have a lot of resources they have groups and hotlines and shelters and all kind of things and um so for me me and my husband are the motivation behind the sexual abuse victims and their mates because a lot of time these sexual abuse victims get in relationships Mm. and their mates become victims of their abuse Okay. because of what they went through and, you know, how it's had an effect on them and, you know, how they handle people in their lives. And I don't think it's fair because my husband had been through some things. He had been through. So was your husband sexually abused? I was. Or was you I'm the victim. I'm, okay. I'm the victim. If he'd been sexually abused, he ain't told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, and the foundation is for him too. Come on, come on. You can talk to me, baby. You can talk to me. How was you sexually abused? What happened? You want to talk about it? Well, um, my dad is the one who took my virginity um, when I was six years old. So um, he was the first uh, predator of many. And then it's like I got out of that and my mom married uh, another one. So Oh, wow. I don't know. She just bad choice of character or or what. But uh, two of those suitors just, yeah. So um, my sister here happens to be my cousin as well, cause my daddy, I, you know, he was a busy fella. Wait, so. what? <laughs> <laughs> Break that down. We yeah. sisters and cousins. Okay, now explain that. <laughs> explain no, that. you do. You figure out the equation. Okay, so, I'm gonna give you. EQ's. Okay, so your dad, is, your dad, 
Damn. Ah, I told him to figure it out. Your I want to see how good he is in algebra. Damn okay. it. Yeah, algebra. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so your dad slept with two sisters. Uh-huh. And your dad had you with one of the ladies mm-hmm. and had your sister cousin with one of the other ladies. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Damn. And then that wasn't enough. He he passed it on down to the daughters. What do you mean? Passed Sexual it? abuse foundation. Oh, dad. okay. <laughs> Jesus. So, having two sisters wasn't enough. He had to have the daughters now, too. What happened, now, what happened to your dad? Is he still walking around? Is he in jail? Barely. He's still breathing. Wow. Okay. But nope, never went to jail. Never actually um, had to take accountability for it until I think about last year when my granny passed and um, I actually confronted him about it, which mm. everybody thought it was a bad timing. Like, no, if he fall in the dirt when when they open up the earth, then that's yeah. what he should be. But. And who's who gives a fuck about his feelings right now? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> I've had to live my whole life with this cloud. So, I mean, but out of respect for my grandma, I guess that's what everybody was thinking of. Like, this would be a bad time. It's like not like I'm going to see him any other time. Right. So, yeah, you know what you did to us, right? Damn. And so that's the probably the only accountability he's ever had to face. Wow. Um, because... The country that we're from, not only do cousins and sisters be related, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everybody is so used to that slave mentality of sweeping things under the rug and, ooh, don't talk about what Uncle Charles did. What well, my bad, because I actually, do I got Uncle Charles? No, Uncle Charles. I say no I, you say you're from, <laughs> the bone, yeah. from the bone. Right, uh, but if, if granddaddy did it, it don't we don't talk about it. If, if you know, if a stranger did it, of course, we're going to hunt them down, we're going to do this and this and this and that. Right. But if it was granddaddy, we don't talk about it. We sweep it under the rug, we play like it don't happen, and family functions proceed as normal with everybody sitting at the table around the sweet potato pie looking all crazy and shit but we supposed to just yeah not talk so, about it right yeah. and and that's not just in the country but that's amongst the black culture it seems like what happens in my house stay in my house and that kind of stuff so yeah and your mom knew about it of course right or did she not or did you ever tell her Ayana <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do you? I'm no. I, I mean, I know we laughing because this is how this is how comedians right, deal right, with right. shit, right? So we're not laughing at the situation. Right. It's just keep from us from crying. It's just, right. But um, your mom did she ever like? Did you did she ever confront your dad no, about it? No, no way, no way. His only accountability was last year when I when you said something when I presented him. it to him. And what does your mom say? Um, nothing. She said what? Like, she, she didn't know that. Hold on, get on the mic. Get on the mic. <laughs> she get like, on get the on the mic. mic. Get on the mic. <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah, you well, it's uh, it's it's a very long, complicated um, story because for the longest, my mom, the the story that I had as a child was that my dad raped my mom, and I was a product of rape. Mm. And so it wasn't hard for me to believe that because of what he was doing to me. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I was about, I was grown mm. that the story changed. 
uh, because everybody else in the family was saying that it wasn't true, but I'm going to believe my mom ver- in what was going on with me versus what what everybody else's yeah, account was. You know firsthand. Right. Yeah. Like, if he didn't rape my mama, he fucking me. So, like, right. it's, it's hard not to believe that he had done it before. Wow. Um, but for a long time, this was just my cousin. Mm. Like, it, it took me a minute to ding. This this is your sister. This is your sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my mom denied that for a long time. She didn't like me referring to my cousin as my and sister. sister. Mm. Um, so it, it was a lot of denial, a whole lot of denial. And then I actually, at my grandma's funeral, did a DNA test with my dad. And I waited until after I swabbed him to present him with why did you do what you did. Mm. Um, so, of course, the DNA taste came back. He is 100% right, right. <laughs> the daddy because that was a whole nother level of emotions right there because you wait all this time to say that he, he she was saying that he wasn't my dad. Mm. First, he raped her, and I was a uh, product of rape, and then that ain't even your daddy. Uh, who told you that was your daddy? Like, you did. <laughs> right, right. Um, and now he's not my daddy. And then when I went to do the DNA test, he's my daddy again. I was like, oh, okay. Because if he wasn't my daddy, like, why was he allowed access to me then if he wasn't my daddy? That's a right. whole nother uh, different type of emotions that I would have to process now. Because if he wasn't my daddy, he shouldn't have been allowed access to me. Right. But he is my daddy, and he was allowed that access so um, it, it just was a lot of denial in that. And I, I came to a place where because of our upbringing and our background, we weren't raised in a family where we could go and tell grandma, ooh, daddy's touching me, mm. or auntie, daddy's touching me, because all of us pretty much was running from something, right. one form of abuse or another one. Right. So it just, we didn't talk about nothing. We didn't, we didn't have that security that children have now, like I'll die for you and right. won't nobody touch you and, you know, like that. And probably mostly because a lot of people went through it and they don't want their kids to go through it. But so I didn't really fault my mama, so to speak, like to be angry at her. Of course, obviously somebody dropped the ball mm-hmm. or whatever, but it wasn't until her husband was fucking me that, the tension or animosity towards what age, my mom. What, how were you when that your, started? Fourteen. Yeah, when your stepdad? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did, do you did that play? Uh, and he's he lives in Fort Worth. Um, for anybody that um might know him, he has a lawn service. So, it, what's his name? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? If it, if anybody is out there getting their lawn done, what's his Don't name? let the nigga in the house for no water. Um. <laughs> He need to use the phone or he needs a cup of ice water or something. Tell him to go to his truck and get it. What's but. his name? Put his name out there. Mm. Huh? Put his name out there. No. What if I come up missing that? No, but see, here's the thing. You're doing, yeah, you're doing the exact same thing that everybody else has done in well, your life. They don't want to put the person on blast. And then you give this guy opportunity to go do it to somebody else. Well, so instead of protecting him, right? Protecting him and not being, not saying his name. Put his name out there so he won't be able to. And, you know, we won't repeat the cycle. Well, I get that part. But the time that we live in, in 2019. Okay. Where people are being stalked and sought after. And, like, I can put his name out there. That's not my concern. Like, him blasting him or, um, you know, ruining his reputation. Because, obviously, I would want to prevent somebody else from getting hurt. But I have children that I have to worry about. 
if I don't make it home one day or because I'm on a platform where people could easily look me up or um, I might say him and somebody know him that's on my friends list, which recently did happen. I became friends with a guy mm-hmm. and his name popped up on that people you may know. Yeah. And so I inboxed him and asked him, like, first of all, how do you know me? Like, did you meet me? Have you seen me do comedy? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, he not sure or whatever. Um, and I said, well, I, I noticed somebody that you're friends with that popped up on the You May Know, and I was curious how you knew them. And when I told him the name, he immediately was like, well, uh, I hope you're not interested in him because he's married and he don't cheat on his wife. And I was like, uh, no, ain't no interest there. <laughs> <laughs> And I and because he took that offense, I was like, well, clearly I don't want to just come out because I don't know what his relationship was to him. So if I come out and tell him, well, I don't have no interest with him and fucking him is the last thing that I want to do because been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his relationship is to that person to go back and say, say some chick on Facebook just hit me up and was like, blase, blase. Right. Um, what, what I told him is that he used to be married to my mom. And um, I was going to add him to a group on Facebook and I wanted him to go through those uh, posts on Facebook and see if he could put one and two together Mm -hmm. and see what he come up with. And he's in the group. I don't know that he ever uh, went through any of the posts or figured it out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've had this discussion with, you know, my sister, with my cousins or whatever, just to see he was on Facebook and he has a lawn service where he's, you know, he has a new life. And it's not to say that I don't think people deserve a second chance or or whatever, but pedophiles I, I, are... Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. ...are totally different because here you're starting a new life. You get to move on and either keep, continue doing it or act like you didn't fuck up somebody else's life. And your victims are left to deal with that for the rest of their lives. Right. So my first inkling was to expose him, but then... I thought about like the years that he was married to my mom, the sneaky little shit that he used to do to get us in trouble so that my mom would feel like he was such an awesome stepfather, very strict or whatever. So he kept her at bay by producing stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing. Like if we had a detention note and didn't turn it in, he's going through our drawers and book bags Mm -hmm. or where we think he's at work and we skip school. He was somewhere in the cut watching us mm. and could tell my mom oh they didn't go to school from this time to this time this is where they were at this is how long they were he was incognito just doing that shit so well, here's my thing here's my thing if i don't think pedophiles change their personality right mm-hmm. i think they change either the yes they just change their approach to 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 prey on little girls you know what i mean so in order for us to stop it, right? right? We need to we need to call him out because what you what we're what we're actually doing when we don't call him out is we're allowing him to access to other people. The other people may not know about him doing whatever in his past, and he's moved on. He has this new life, and now somebody else is he? He's not still married to your mom, right? No. He's so, so he's married to someone else and may have access to their kids. So now their kids probably have. The same. Well, and have fun. Have fun. That, okay. That's his landscaping. Okay, so um, she has handed me a phone, and the name of it is Sankara, S-A-N-K-A-R-A Landscaping. Um, what's the address on there? 
Uh, or the phone number. It says Fort Worth, right? Yep. 817-888-3012. Okay, do not say my name on this air. No more. <laughs> Miss Personality is all we got. <laughs> 817-888-3012. All right. Sankara Landscaping. Khalif. Khalif oh. <laughs> Sankara is is his name. Khalif Sankara oh, is his name. Okay. No, because we had to, like, at some point, we got to put a stop to it. You know what I mean? At some point, and I, because I, I got twin girls, right? Mm-hmm. They're eight years old. And I would kill a motherfucker right. if my, 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 because I'm not married to their mom, right? right? But I would kill somebody if they touched my daughters, right? right. If they, if my, my, my daughter's mom, if they allow somebody into the house and he's supposed to be this good dude and in the, and he's doing this stuff to my girls and touching them, I would kill this motherfucker. Right. So at some point, people got to be put to a stop. And I don't think pedophiles, I don't think they personality changes. I, I think that's in them, right? I agree with to that 100%. But when we turn on the TV and we see a lady was kidnapped and killed and then we find out the backstory, this fucker been following her for two years and she had no idea, especially with me being on a platform where there people have easy access to me. All they got to do is follow me on social media and right. know the next time I have a comedy show, one of those people could be sitting in the audience and I have no idea. I'm being right. followed to my car and stuff. Those are the type of things that I worry about. As much as I would like to blast it to the world mm-hmm. for the simple fact that what if he has another victim? See, and here's here's what I think, right? We can't live in fear mm-hmm. because of and that's we can, yes, we can't we can't we can't live in fear of if I call him out, they're gonna come and attack me, right? We have to believe, like, in the people that when you get on stage, I guarantee you that community in that club, right? They gonna surround you and protect you if they see you going through something or somebody's following right, you. But what if I don't know that? I know. And I and I, I under, trust me, I understand. You you got a handgun? I don't. You need you need to get one. You need to purchase one. Get your license and get you a handgun and have that shit on you at all times. Right. Like especially with especially, exposing people. <laughs> yeah, especially in Texas, that shit is legal. You know what I'm saying? And in your license, once you get your license, you good all through the South. Until we can get you on a plane and you driving everywhere, get you a fucking handgun. Get right. you a little gun. Go learn how to shoot with that mug. Like, I like I cause I know me, I'm I'm very protective of my wife, right? right? I can't be around her 24-7. Right. So I bought her a gun, took her, got her hand license. She carries her gun everywhere she goes. Right. So and, and I've seriously been considering because um obviously eventually I would like my foundation to blossom and be able to freely speak on something, not necessarily for the purpose of exposing people, but these are my stories. So um, it it would come out eventually, especially with, given that I'm writing a book about it and, okay. and different things like that. But for me, I want it to be in that fashion instead of like, oh, she trying to blast and she trying to, or, or you know, ruin this man's career and, or whatever, his life Listen, or whatever. The damage that he's done to you you have to live with that, right? right? You have to internally deal with that, right? And now you is it, I've always heard about the the victims always trying to protect their 
their um, Stockholm their syndrome. Sto- yeah, they're always trying to protect the people who hurt them the most, yeah. and then you internally just have to deal with that, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Let me, let me ask you: Would you, in your mind and in your soul, be at peace if you knew he was arrested or he was gone? And he was able not to hurt anybody else. He was arrested. My mama burned him out of jail. Mm, okay, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. So it's not just him that I have to worry about now. I'm opening up a whole new something with my mom. Man, we need to get you on Ayana for real. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Ayana on this for real, for real. You thought I was playing? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's a lot, but she don't have so many episodes off of it. Man, we, we, we do most definitely. And I promise you, I'm going to... I don't have like a bunch of connections, but the little connections I do have, I'm going to see what I can do right. to, to make that happen. Right. We're we going to, because pedophiles are the worst. Right. And and I'm They're all for second chances because you see the people that are wrongfully convicted or you see the people that maybe as a youth, they made a mistake and now they're out in society and have to make a living and start over and this and that. So I'm all for that. It's just pedophiles go in a, a totally different bracket because while you, you, it's very few of them, but while there are some out there that may never do that again, or like R Kelly, I'll use him as an example. Supposedly mm-hmm. he was abused as a child. And in turn, he, he started doing that. So for those who maybe never, cause I definitely believe that, um, sexual abuse victims have a uh, fight on their hand, a challenge on their hand to not act out mm-hmm. the trauma of what happened to them. Whether that's you become promiscuous or sexually active or begin abusing other kids because that's what you were taught is is just no different from somebody who grew up watching their father beat their mom and now they beat their girls and exactly. stuff. So I do have an open mind to that as long as there is a uh, uh, rehabilitation mm. effort and it's not to say that if they are rehabilitated a victim is still not suffering because um, that's another thing that I'm looking into um, something to do with the victim and their um, predator or pedophile or abuser being I don't it, the, the rehabilitation between where the victim is and where the the uh, abuser, abuser is because here you are the abuser you might have did your time which I'm I don't even know if he did any time he was bonded out of jail I remember going to court um because I was kicked out of the house Mm. CPS took me out of the house and they told my mom that I could not return to the house until she got her husband out if she wanted me back and she said you can keep her so I was actually in CPS custody until I was 18 years old um so I didn't get to see the outworkings of what happened with that. I do know he was arrested because they came and picked me up from school. We went to the police station and the police had me in one room and him in the other room. And the police officer kept coming in the room saying, I have never seen anything like this where your child is sitting in a police room by herself. Right. And the accuser is sitting in the room with the other parent. Like, even if there's some disbelief or denial or whatever, how do you sit in the room holding hands with this person that is being accused of hurting your child and your child is sitting in the room? But here's the thing. Here's where there's transfer back. Remember, your mom was also abused. You know what I mean? I don't even know that now. I mean, from, from what you said, like, your dad 
Well, he, he did That's for a fact do that to me. Right. But so, she today is saying that he did not. Right. And it's, it's, it's denial, right? A lot of times you would exactly what other victims do. Mm-hmm. They try to protect their abuser. You know what I mean? And at some point we have to, we have to change that narrative, right? right? We have to put all these people on blast. We have to stand up to them, or or either they they win, right? Right? They they taking your childhood from you, and then they go on about their merry way, and you stuck holding the bag with all these emotions, with all these feelings, right? And you just left to live with it, and then you don't want to come out and put them on blast because you don't want them to get in trouble. No, I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about them getting in trouble. I don't I don't want to be assaulted. I don't want to be stalked. I don't want to be looking over my shoulder. I don't want to be worried about my children. That, that is my only concern. I could give two fucks about him being exposed, about him losing. That's a consequence of your action. I don't okay. care if you've moved on and never done it again. It's a consequence of your action. It's just like being, oh, I mean, mm. <laughs> hey. Yeah. It's just, it's just like a, a, a second time felon or whatever. You may get out and never commit another crime, but your background, every time it's ran, you're going to have to answer for that because it's a consequence of your action. It's something that you did do in your past. Now, of course, you have the opportunity to say, hey, this is who I was then. I don't do that anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's, on, it's for that person to uh, to accept that or give you a chance but that's a risk you take when you commit. Cause I've done stuff in my past. I, I still got a goddamn family violence charge that don't allow me to t- go to the zoo with my baby <laughs> at, at school. And that's a consequence of my actions when I was 17 years old. I'm 39 years old now, yeah. but that's still a consequence that I have to live with unless I have a rapport going with the school and they see I'm an active parent. And you know, every time we've seen her, there's no problem, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to go out on a limb and allow you to attend this event and see how that goes before we, that's a chance you take. And pedophiles or sexual abusers, all of them, that's that's a consequence of his action. If he get blasted or if this come up in his from his past, it's a consequence of an action that he, he did. So I don't care about him being exposed or blasted or his life being fucked up. It's more I you, don't like safety. my, it's my safety because gotcha. I have a family. Like I don't want to have to worry about, um, because I, I witnessed a double homicide before Shit. and I had to be a, a Ayana. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I witnessed a double homicide. I was five months pregnant with my oldest child mm-hmm. and I had to be a witness for the state. It was Mm. be a witness for the state because I honestly clearly had nothing to do with the the criminal acts. Uh But to convince the the prosecutor, it was either be a witness for the state Mm -hmm. or be charged the same as the three others were charged because I was there and I couldn't explain why I was there. Mm, Like the story wasn't making sense to them, but it was the honest to God truth. And since I had nothing to do with it, of course I'm going to tell the truth of what I witnessed. Right. But that was one of the scariest times in my life because for one, they hadn't even caught the guy who did it. Mm. So you, you already have me in custody and you want me to witness against somebody that y'all don't even have in custody yet. They eventually got him and he's in prison today. But every so often I look him up to see if he's still in prison, Mm -hmm. because if he's crazy enough to kill two people in front of me, one of those persons was his sister. Who the fuck am I? Right. Especially when they caught him, he was describing what was supposed to happen. And what was supposed to happen was me 
being gutted and my baby being taken out of my belly and thrown in the goddamn body. Yes. Damn. Yes. That was what's supposed to happen. And I'm sorry that his sister and somebody else died, but like, I'm grateful that I'm alive. Right. Because he was talking about cutting my goddamn baby out of my stomach and feeding us to the goddamn gators. <laughs> Damn. So like, and I, for a long time, I mean, I became scared of white people mm-hmm. because this was a Caucasian fella. It was. That did this. Um, and it was just like by the grace of God or whoever y'all want to believe in that I was alive. Cause it was like, every time I've replayed that scene, it was so many close calls that I was dead just in that instance, like a shotgun went off in my house, like seconds before I hit the corner. Like I almost had my fucking head blew off. Damn. And Damn. that should have been a flag. Like, Hey, y'all get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. But none of that. I was the most green, naive person in the world, considering my childhood upbringing. I should have been the most cautious, paranoid something in the world. But I'm 18, fresh out of of goddamn CPS custody and just trying to experience life. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. Oh, you're friendly. Just love the world. Yeah. Yeah. And was a bad judge of character Mm. because I believe the world was just what I got to watch when I was in those group homes and residential treatment centers and goddamn state hospitals in there with motherfuckers swallowing pencils and fighting motherfuckers that I can't see and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, Ayana. Yeah. Get Ayana on the phone. Goddamn. That bitch go hang up on me and say, wait a minute. Let me call my goddamn therapist. This is too much. Because I, I look at her shows and I'm like, ooh. Like, I watch some of her shows and I'm like, ooh, that's tough right there. And I can put myself in the shoes of the people that she's helping. Mm-hmm. And I can put myself in the shoes of her because she's doing an amazing job. And it's crazy because I've encountered so many people that look up to me and they're like, you're so encouraging and, and different stuff. I met a lady working at the goddamn Family Dollar. She came in with a fucking circle around her. I shout out to you if you listening, because I, I know you, you you follow me and shit. So, mm-hmm. um, but everybody was scared to say something to her. A few people was laughing and, you know, the ooh and ah and shit. And it, I could not help but, and it wasn't in me to do as a professional. Mm-hmm. I'm assistant manager, you know, do the transaction and let her go on about a day, right. no matter how you feel. Right. But I could not let that lady walk out that store without going out the store. And I just wrote my phone number on a piece of paper. And I told her, I don't care what you need. If you need to escape, if you just need to call and cry, if you want to sneak out the one day at two o'clock in the morning, you do what you need to do with my phone number. Mm. And that lady is still following me today. That happened two years ago. Mm. And that lady still follows me today and every so often call me to update me on how her situation is, it has improved and how I encouraged her and motivated her. And every time she see me and I, I, I keep running into people that I can encourage and motivate and I'm fucked up. (laughs) You're dealing with your own shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm gonna do? I'm it's a it's a black um because I I got my uh the person who I got my wife to get the handgun license. Mm-hmm. It's a black couple that they teach it. They live in Houston and they come. They do a weekend here for the handgun license. Oh okay. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you in contact with them so the next time they come in come to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I want you to take the course. And I'm actually afraid of handguns. She want to take it too. I'm actually to so course. afraid of handguns. Like Listen. growing up in the country, yeah, we we used to clean them some bitches because yeah. you know we, we were shooting girls yeah. and rabbits and squirrels and shit. 
hogs, all that. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a danger to us because that was like a, the broom sitting in the corner yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my first like interaction with a gun where it put fear in my heart was my mom's husband had a, a pistol mm. and uh, he kept it locked up in a file cabinet. And I didn't know that he had one until I tried to overdose. I took a bunch of pills from under the file cab under the bathroom cabinet mm-hmm. and was unsuccessful because mm-hmm. they got me to the hospital and had me drinking charcoal and all that shit. If you've tried to commit suicide before, you're familiar with the charcoal drink. You either drink the charcoal or they're going to pump your stomach either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I was unsuccessful, my mama said to me, the next time you want to commit suicide, take this and blow your fucking brains out. Jesus. So. <laughs> Jesus. Ever since then, like I, I'm just. Yes, that's what I was gonna ask you. How would that be to get her on the show? Because it look, it sounds like Ayana need to fix her and fix you too. Like, well, really, the work is on her. We are at a place where we are cordial to each other. That's my mama. I love her. Clearly, she made some mistakes, some bad judgment calls. Whatever she was going on, and, and, and a lot of people cannot understand for the life of them why I'm so open minded or it's, just, um, it's that good spirit I was talking about, or like, whatever with my mom. Because, like, some of them group homes I was in, it was some of them staff members like listening in on group counseling sessions, like, What's your mom's address? Mm, so, yeah. it, it, a lot of people have not been able to understand why I don't have like a strong disgust or, or hate mm-hmm. for her. When a lot of times when I was in those group homes and state hospitals, especially when I was in that son bitch and they put me in a room with a motherfucker that was fighting a person that I couldn't see. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I was funny then because them staff member used to laugh their ass off at me. Cause I told a little bitch, I can't see the other motherfucker you fighting, but both of you better keep your ass over there. <laughs> uh, Cause you the one going to have to take the licks if that right. fight make it over here on my side of the goddamn room. And, and the staff thought that shit was funny. I was dead ass fucking serious. Cause yeah. I can't see the motherfucker you fighting. Like, is, am I in danger? Yeah. Or, or or what? So a lot of those nights I spent in that mental hospital mm-hmm. and I was only there because my mom did not want me. Not because I was crazy. Not because I was suicidal. Right. I was there because my mom refused to take custody of me. Wow. And I spent most of those nights from 14, about to turn 15 to 18, crying for my mama. Wow. Writing letters saying, I promise I'll take it back if you just get me out this some bitch. Wow. So I, I've never had that hate. Even when I had the hate, the hate was just a cover for the hurt. Right. So, because I did go through a period of like, once I got released from that shit, because you actually let me sit there till I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping one of them notes or something would penetrate, but like, not only did you let me sit there till I was 18. But the thing about CPS custody, when they take a remove a child from the home, mm-hmm. they immediately reach out to other family members to see if mm. someone is willing to, to take, take her in. in. Yeah, yeah. And nobody came for me. No, that's her. No. That's the impression that I had. What mom was saying no or telling Pretty everybody. Pretty much. She didn't let anyone know what was going, going on. on that mm. she, a lot of people didn't even know she was in the home. Right. Really? Because most of my family is in Louisiana, so when she go to visit, where's Keita? Oh, you know, she's still in Texas. For all they know, I'm at home grounded or something. Oh, wow. So nobody came for me. This is what I see 
as a little kid. In in being where well, I was 15, at. 15, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I had a rebellious spirit. By the time I hit 18, I was out there smashing some shit and beast mode. Um, and I think I was just acting out yeah. my anger or whatever. Yeah. You can't tell me shit. I'm grown now. All kind of shit. And I started studying the Bible. And I had a family of my own, and I know I will get it wrong. I will make mistakes. But one thing, we, I'm going to die doing it. I'm going to die trying to get it right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had to tell my husband with our first kid, like, I'm telling you now, before we say I do, before mm-hmm. this baby is born, I love you to death. I don't even think you have that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. But if my baby come to me and tell me that you made her feel uncomfortable in any way, you have to know it's going to be a problem. Right. If she lied, I will come back and apologize to you. Mm-hmm. But off the cuff, yeah, it's about to be a problem. Yeah. And <laughs> long as you understand that and willing to proceed because, and this is why I say my foundation is motivated behind me and my husband, not just because I'm a victim, but some of the things that he's had to deal with. Because when I had my daughter, I didn't want him changing her. And that ain't something for him to have to experience with his first child. Right. He's not allowed to sit her in his lap or she can't fall asleep on his chest or hey no tickling none of that shit yeah yeah. that is so unfair yeah that's his baby and it took one of the elders in the congregation to say hey now i know he's 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 doing this to accommodate how you feel and what you've been through but you have to be considerate this is first child right that's his baby that's his little baby he probably more protective than you are right so his little girl yeah. And 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 so he he was the motivation behind it because there's so many people out there in relationships with these broken hurt people and we get classified as oh yeah that bitch was crazy. Right, right. <laughs> and you have no idea what I've been through to try to maintain a little piece of sanity because the sexual abuse was one thing. The physical abuse was cuz the physical abuse is on some old roots shit. Mm. I like that's a whole nother Ayana. Yeah. Um, that's on a whole nother. Cause when I tell you my grandma was the last slave or she bought her freedom, mm. goddamn it, everything that you seen on roots, I promise we done did it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. So like you come from an upbringing like that where we had to be hard. Like my grandma had a sandbox. Mm. It was not for building sand castles. It was for us to get our ass in there and go a couple rounds. Really? Yes. Like the goddamn Mandingos. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you would go to school and lose a fight. So we were raised hard. It wasn't no crying. Like, we got the fuck beat out of us for crying. What the fuck you crying for? Because I just dropped a goddamn brick on my toe. Like, I'm six. What the fuck I'm crying for? I hit my hand with the hammer. Like, that's what I'm crying for. And we got the fuck beat out of us for crying or having an attitude or, you know. So once I'm 18, like, I ain't taking none of that shit. No shit. None. Yeah. I understand. But my first encounter with the law kind of humbled me a little bit. Yeah, cause yeah. As hard as I thought I was, baby, jail the is not jail for is me. Not no punk. It is not for me. And <laughs> I just went to the county, and I thought like, how print, long was you in there? A month. A month. The, a month is the longest I've spent in jail. I and did I, a week, and that was too long. And baby. That week. Yes, my baby was one month old, <laughs> and that was the funniest shit ever. It's funny now because. I don't know if they was doing a roundup or what, but when you go through the process where they taking your clothes and they're giving you your jumpers and shit, I pull mine down. She say, damn, you just had a baby? Yeah, how old your baby? One month. 
Okay, here you go. Come <laughs> up. Damn. She go two ladies down. She said, damn, did you just have a baby? Oh, your baby. Two weeks. Damn. Okay. She go down another girl. She was like, God damn, what they go to the hospital and pick y'all up? Because this girl was in there. Her baby was a week old. Damn. She said, they must have sat outside the hospital waiting for <laughs> y'all ass. Rounding y'all up. Yeah. Like that. And that shit was hilarious to me because I'm like. Do you talk about this shit on stage? Not yet. I haven't. Like, it's so much other shit that be going on right then or in the news that like when I first started comedy yeah. this is what I thought I was going to be getting on stage talking about yeah yeah because this shit I talk about at Walmart because like customers will come through and they got bombs and six canes arrayed and mouse traps. I'm like where the fuck you live at <laughs> yeah. you should on, just y'all? move the it's fuck? cheaper to just move <laughs> to just move and I was telling somebody a story one day because they was like, you act like you hate roaches. You don't? Like, yeah. <laughs> who yeah. live with roaches? And I'm I like, like I'm, I'm traumatized from roaches yeah. as a kid because my grandma used us as fly swatters. <laughs> Swear to God, my grandma would wake us up two or three times a night and she had like 10, 15 of us grandkids in the house. Uh-huh. Wake us up on the hour. All of us had our little flip flops <laughs> and fly squatters and shit. And she flick on that light, and we just had to go in there hitting goddamn roaches and shit, sweep them up, and go take another nap until the next watch. Damn. Do no goddamn bugs. <laughs> Damn. Hey, Miss Personality, I love you. Like, listen, Appreciate it. Listen, you, you. I'm gonna try to get you on uh, Yana. I promise you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. She gonna I'm, need some I'm backup. Gonna, I'm yeah, just I'm gonna, saying. I'm gonna do whatever, whatever I can. Right. Whether it's gonna be next week or next year. I don't, it can be two we years from see, now. We gonna. Because the longer it take her to get to me, the the better I will be able to express it, express it and display yeah. it. Because it's some of the shit that I'm still having to go through. Because when I started my foundation, this is these are my stories, uh-huh. my experiences, what I've been through, my upbringing. Yes. Um, I'll talk about my sister from time to time because she was there or I'll talk about my cousin or whatever. But for the most part, these are my experiences. What I remember yeah. until I started my foundation where I had a lot of support mm. from my family because they was like, it's about time. Somebody talked about this. Mm. What also came with that was a lot of confessions mm. that I don't think I was ready for. Everybody in the, in the family had a story. Ninety eight percent had a story of my family had a similar story damn so it's like percent the motherfuckers who was doing it probably shit and and the i don't know if my grandma have a story but all of this happened under my grandma's watch and it's not to say she dropped the ball or or nothing like that because hey she 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 had her own share of of abuse so A lot of times people say, why didn't you tell? And I was like, it's like picking the lesser evil because we was getting the fuck beat out of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like you was getting whoopings or you was getting your ass beat. We was getting the fuck beat out of us for stupid shit. Like I pissed in the bed until I was like almost 14 years old, still pissing in the bed. Damn. And when I was sound like my cousin, two and three years old, <laughs> pissing in the bed, like two and three years old do. We was getting the fuck beat out of us like we was a fucking slave with an extension card for pissing in the bed. Damn. 
Damn. And we scared of the dark. It's panthers outside. It's goddamn lizards crawling in the house and shit. Because we are from the woods. Like, mm. when I say country, I mean yeah, country. country. It's burrows and shit out there. Yeah. Like, Wizard of Oz used to be my favorite goddamn because they used to be lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah. Man, fuck that. We ain't scared of them goddamn <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. Talk about some goddamn alligators. Yeah. My grandma had us in the water getting clams and crawfish and shit. And she's standing at the bank looking for the alligator to be able to shoot it so it won't snatch our ass under the water. We hope your aim is good. You're right. (laughs) Shit. I'm just saying. So, like, this is the shit that I thought as a comedian I would be able to you will get on stage. I I guarantee you will. Talk about. You're still early in your journey Mm -hmm. because I know, um, like, all comedians, I I know for me, shit that's real is, is is too close to real and I haven't found the funny in it yet. Right. So once you're able to really start talking about that, like I guarantee you'll see it where your career just take off. When you're able to really talk about the real shit and to make funny in it, right. make funny. And here's the thing too, also talking about your story, you're going to inspire somebody else right. to tell their story as well. And I get that a lot. Like you know I mean? with my foundation, it, it's so many people that is in it um, and I, my hopes is that they will be able to openly express. And I know it's not easy to get up in front of strangers and, and to expose yourself in front yeah. of strangers. It is a private group. You can find it on Facebook, but I have to actually um, give accept it. Give, you give in. What's the- hashtag uh, you can talk to me. You can talk to you me spell on Spell it Facebook. all out. It's all one word, hashtag you can talk to me. So you can pull it up on Facebook, but I actually have to allow or accept you into the group. Okay. And my goal is for people to be able to, like y'all were saying, expose people. People, right. Um, and, and not necessarily expose, but release it from you. Right. So whether that's exposing them or holding somebody accountable, you stop holding it. Right. So... I have so many people in there that's ready to do that. And a lot of them talk in the group, but it's a good majority of them that would rather inbox me personally and say how you've inspired me and you're so brave to talk about this and blah, blah, blah. But I just, oh, it's it's, it's just like, it's crazy because when I'm on stage, I'm talking about some of any and everything. And people are like, she crazy, she hilarious, blah, blah, blah. But I have this very serious, my baby side of me, this foundation that, because I'm I'm pretty raw on stage. Yeah. (laughs) Even about sex. And and it's crazy because you get this form of me and Mm -hmm. then you you see this foundation, you're like, damn. But they say most comedians are the ones who probably went through the most or going through the most shit. And try to make... And we try to bring everybody else joy because we dealing with so much right cuz i know what That's, it's like to to suffer mm-hmm. and and robin williams my new favorite comedian is uh uh trevor noah oh, oh my god yeah. yes yes yeah, yes yeah. cuz like i i watched the show mm-hmm. but i didn't know that he was like and i know he's funny he has a presence and and all a following and all that but to watch his stand up yeah. especially because like we from the country so i can be real country real yeah. You know, but my mom moved to Richardson, Garland area. Mm, So I grew up in the suburban area. My all my sleepovers was little white girls eating pepper sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Was on the softball team, so we we didn't grow up in the hood areas in the projects and stuff like that. My mom left the country and got real domesticated and stuff. (laughs) Where we went from moving goats and pushing wheelbarrows and chopping down trees. 
we was using vacuum cleaners and taking out trash and washing dishes and Ugh. playing Sega Genesis because oh, we didn't okay. watch TV in the country. We didn't yeah. even know the TV work unless Wheel of Fortune was on. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yeah, and the Young Larissa's, we knew that was nap yeah, time, yeah, goddamn yeah. it. But it's just like I, I have a, um, a different, uh, I don't know, pro- personality when it comes to like how I was raised over here. Cause I was raised hard. But when we came over here, like we moved to Texas and my mama, the first thing she sat us down and told us was like, I want you to walk away from fights. Huh? Yeah. Who, who your mom is. Yeah. I thought your mama was my grandma. You walk away from a fight. If you want to, you right. get your ass beat and you're going to go back to school and start a fight. Right. But my right. mom being in the city is like, no, nah, we don't do that here because I want you to come home. I right. want you to make it home. Right. So it took me a while to get it because I'm used to fighting. Well, good. I'm glad you don't fight no more. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I ain't had a fight. I have not I'm had a fight in a long time. I fight with my well, words good. now. Good, so good. I, and that I didn't have to run away from some fights because I feel like I'm too cute to fight yeah, now. You, like, yes. Uh, I won't fight, but I cuss you out. Okay. I might make you want to <laughs> fight me, but I, I don't do no fighting. Good. I'm up too old for that. Well, good. I don't want to go to jail. I already can't go to the zoo with my kids, so no. close that. In the <laughs> oh. other side. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So um oh. where, where can people where can people uh find you? I'm scared to put my name out there now, but um No I do like my sister has been talking to me for about three months. I think that's when I found out he was on Facebook saying okay. do it. Okay. And when I first found the guy or on Facebook I started to do it without even telling anybody that's who I found, um, especially because everybody was tuned in to my foundation because I was going live with the whole my grandma's funeral, mm. the DNA test with my dad, all that. I went live for everybody to keep up with the story or whatever. Okay. Um, and so when I came across him, my first inclination was to put it out there. Yeah. Uh, but after talking to my cousin about it, and she was like, everybody was like, do it. But I shared my reservations and she was like, if you feel that strongly about it, think about it before you do it. Mm. And but even on the way over here, my sister was like, now, nah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He's still running around here. Right. Don't be scared. Put your information out there and like just trust in you. You'll be protected. Right. Just just trust in you'll be protected. You'll be covered. You don't have to worry about, you know what I mean? And you just talking about it, he'll get he'll get dealt with. Yeah. And, and that's why I was going with that. The fact that it, it, it did feel like a, a weight off. The wife should know because she probably don't know nothing about what he did and did. And he probably been around her nieces and all this. Right. Stuff. And they probably, right. probably happening to them. And they, they scared to tell her. Right. And I didn't thought of all that, but I have also thought of coming to – a lady telling her that you're, you know, your husband used to rape me when I was little, how she would take that. Cause how, who's to say she don't go to her husband and be like, cause the first thing for me, if a strange woman approached me with that. My first thing, if I'm in a relationship with who this person, you? is to no, no, fuck are you? I will ask all those questions yeah. with my exchange with her, but how I'm going to handle this information. Once I hang up that phone, mm, I'm going yeah. to my children. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to go to him. And now my children are in danger. I'm going to my children. Yeah. Have this person ever made you feel uncomfortable? Have they touched you? Because I need to know that before I do. Cause if I go off on him and now he's upset and fuck that, or yeah, I did it or no, I didn't do it now for the rest of our relationship or whether it's dissolved or resolved, 
I have to worry about my children. Right. Right. But I don't want to worry about my children with you still in the house. Right. Let me resolve this first and then I can better focus on my children. Right. So I don't know if everybody has that mentality. Cause for all I know, I approach her with this shit and she go talk to the love of her life. Right. And say some female, random female just hit me up on Facebook and told me that you used to rape her. I wouldn't do it on Facebook. I, I would I would reach out to well, her. Well, that's the only way I know her. I, but I, I looked. Here's what I would say. I would reach out to her and be like, hey, um, you, you don't know me, but I would love to sit down with you. I got some information I want to share with you. Right, and get it, get her in person. Yeah. But I would, I would I have would, to send her a friend request no, no, to do no. that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do, I would reach out to her on Facebook, but deliver the information face to face. Personally. Yep. So not, reach it not, out to her on Facebook. Hey. Hey, I just, you don't know me, but I think I got some information I would love to share with you whenever you got a minute. Because then that way, whatever can, whatever she's thinking, she would be like, who the fuck? Why would she want to? And she may, may be cheating. It. Then when you get you face to face, it could be a woman on woman conversation. Would she be willing to meet me, though, without saying. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. If I don't give her the information. The common thing to do is say some lady just reached out to me on Facebook. I'm going to go meet her or I don't know. You don't just go meet strange people without letting somebody no, know. No, say, no, I'm, no. I'm, you're talking about with 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 her. Like if I reach out to her, how do I do that? Because I know I'm, I'm very smart. I, right. I know some approaches to reach her, but I'm leaving it in her court once I reach out to her how she responds to that who else she gives that information because for all I know her nephew because that's who the guy ended up being mm. he said she he was married I know him because he's married to my cousin my first cousin Oh, uh, okay so okay. for all I know he went to her and was like some chick asked yeah. me about your husband yeah I don't know. It's it's that's a, it's, it's touchy. It's so many yeah, variables yeah, yeah, in that. Like yeah. it's not just him. It's her life that I'm supposed to uproot too. So yeah. we'll figure that out. We have, yeah. we have to figure that out. Yeah. Figure but out. on Facebook, you can find me Rakita Kyles, R E K I T A Kyles, K Y L E S. That's on Facebook. The Foundation for Sexual Abuse Victims and Their Mates is hashtag You Can Talk to Me. And then on Instagram, it's Miss M-I-S-S underscore personality 2017. I am married, so don't shoot your shot. But in case the shit don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I appreciate you for coming through, man. I, this is this has been this has been a good one. Yeah. And I I appreciate you sharing your story with my audience. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. it. And I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. It made the drive worthwhile. Yes. It? So I absolutely. appreciate it. I appreciate it. No Hospitable problem. and good energy. Love yes. it. Love it. I'm, yeah. I'm drinking clear liquor today, That's y'all. Right. For y'all That's that know right. me, I'm a brown girl, but <laughs> I'm drinking clear today. <laughs> That's right. Yo, appreciate y'all for listening in. Thank y'all for tapping in with us. This has been the P- Tap In Podcast. Peace.